the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning. I may have lost count, but I think this is our fourth or fifth regathered Sunday. And it was great to see some of you last night for our first regathered Quintango sort of Grace concert series is back. And I don't know about you, but week by week, I'm feeling a little more confident and being around lots of people, and um, I've missed all of you. It's just good to see you back. This gospel speaks to me in an interesting way. It almost whispers to me this way. There's someone who doesn't want you to succeed, who doesn't want you to change someone who wants you forever worrying about future calamities? Have you ever been like this? Someone who wants you incessantly dwelling on all the things that are wrong with us or with you and wrong with the world. They want you to be afraid. You know who I'm talking about. It's that voice in our head, that gremlin, if you will, that inner critic. It sets in from time to time. I was playing tennis with a friend the other day, and you know it had been a while since I'd played. In that first match, there were a lot of inner gremlins. I'm not really sure if I can uh, hit that second serve the way I want to. And it started to crop up. Stop wasting so much time, my inner critic says to me sometimes. Get busy. Don't get so excited. You know this is never going to work out. Have you ever had an inner critic or a gremlin like that? You know these voices, the shoulds, the oughts. There's a great Shel Silverstein poem that starts like this. Listen to the mustn'ts, child. Listen to the don'ts. Listen to the shouldn'ts, the impossibles, and the won'ts. We know these voices all too well. The ones that promise everything will be just perfect if only they'd come back. If only they would be nicer. The one that says, don't show too much vulnerability or any chinks in your armor. The one that insinuates, you don't have enough, you'll never be enough. That you don't have enough one is particularly pernicious in hunt country. There's never going to be enough. The ones that say you're not playing by the rules. You can't heal on the Sabbath. You can't eat with tax collectors. You can't eat with sinners. You must be out of your mind doing something like that. Maybe there's a devil in you. Jesus hears this chorus of voices in the gospel. It's very clear today that I think you and I know, perhaps all too well, the ones that want us distracted, gaslit, confused, obsessed with anything and everything outside of ourselves, dwelling on the hurts of the past and staying stuck there, or as a friend of mine says, future tripping, staying stuck in a future that we've imagined, that kind of holds us hostage to a present. 
paralysis by analysis, a friend once said about this. Jesus started his ministry around Galilee. He'd been declaring the unclean clean. He'd been forgiving people who the culture said didn't deserve forgiveness, forgiveness. He was eating with all the wrong people and especially violating the establishment's sense of order and decorum. That's who Jesus was and who he always is, a violator of the establishment. He even deputized 12 of his closest friends to go out and do the same thing. And like anyone who's trying to change things, and maybe you identify with this, to move people or to move with a group of people or to move an institution towards greater compassion and health, Jesus gets pushback. He doesn't know what he's doing. His own family says he must be out of his mind. And so you see his family kind of domesticates him even more than he already was. Who do you think you are? Have you ever had a family member in your family system? You left for college or something changed in you and they said, no, you can't be that. You can't grow and be someone different. The voices that we all know, they echo loudly in the house of Nazareth. And Jesus names them for exactly what they are, demonic. The voices that hurt, the voices that belittle, the voices that bully or unjustly criticize from the bony finger of righteousness, that oppose life and health and truth. These are all voices of the strong man. The strong man who is the other character in Mark's gospel today. You know what's even more insidious is that on our worst days, or at least for me, I feel like I keep inviting that strong man into my own house, if I'm not careful. The Old Testament is the same. No, we are determined to have a king over us. People wanted a dictator, a king, a bully, so that Israel could be like the other kingdoms. And this is what the scripture says. We want a king to govern us and go out before us and fight our battles for us. But the trouble is a strong man typically doesn't fight battles for us, do they? If you study the past, strong man often fights battles with us or against us. They turn on us. The Israelites were told what a king would do for them, but out of fear they welcomed Saul. And we all know what Saul did when, as a strong man, he came into the kingdom. Out of fear, we tolerate and are often ruled by the voices that we know that hold us hostage. You can't do that. You must do this. You don't deserve to take up this much space in this family or in this place or in this culture. You've got to play small. Be quiet. Some are more difficult to discern because they're diffused among so many people what Paul called the powers and principalities, the strong man of lost causes or of racism that holds sway over a nation, the strong man of privilege that blinds us to God's mercy, the strong man of materialism that says you can never have enough and you have to best your neighbor always, 
the strong man of nationalism that insists only might makes right. All these voices feed on one another. They're demonic. So how do we get rid of them? How do we bind them, to use Mark's language? And how do we follow Jesus, who called them out and bound them up, tied them up like a strong man? Believe it or not, it's really simple to bind a strong man, but it's not easy. Simple, but it's not easy. All we have to do is center ourselves. Of course, that's hard in a world where there's so much information coming at us. We feel off balance or just regathering again, feeling off balance. But to come more aware of what we're hearing and sensing, being back in our bodies. And when that voice kicks in and starts telling us about what's going to happen or being hostage to the past, We don't have to let it rule us or rule over us. We can name it and move away from it. We can acknowledge the inner critic, acknowledge it's there but not engage it. This is hard to do because that gremlin or that critic, sometimes we want to fight or flee from. It's a hard one. Practice becoming aware of your own strongman. Maybe that's a discipline for all of us this summer as we regather and as some of those voices inside of us may come back to to roost. Start with our strong men and breathe. Notice the voices that try to distract us. Do you know how the Shel Silverstein poem ends? It ends like this. Listen to the mustn'ts, child. Listen to the don'ts. Listen to the shouldn'ts, the impossibles, and the won'ts. Listen to the never-haves. Then listen close to me. Anything can happen, child. Anything can be. God's love is about possibilities, not strong men. It's always about love and life and wholeness, and especially about forgiveness, which is what Jesus was about standing in the breach or in the gap, and forgiving even those who attack you or criticize you, to forgive and love your enemies. It's the still, small voice that whispers, you are a person of God, and a voice that asks this, who are my brothers? Who are my sisters? Then that voice proclaims, here are my brothers and here are my sisters. You are my brothers, and you are my sisters, beloved of God. Amen.